Go home. Go home. Go home. Alright guys, and welcome to episode 109 of the Go Home Show. I'm your host, Eric Bedore, along with my co-host, tag team partner, best friend, Brian Abushaker. Brian, yes. how you doing today? I'm good. Brian, yes. you doing well? I'm doing You doing alright? No. You doing spectacular? Nah, I'm you good. Do, you doing, just doing good? Yeah, I guess. Just oh, middle of the road? Nah, just good. Just good? Yeah, middle of the road is middle of the road. Good is good. Good's good. Yeah. Guys... Good is good and God is great. Welcome to the number one Christian professional wrestling podcast in the United States of America. God bless the professional wrestling and God bless this country. God bless the WWE and God bless John Cena. And God bless John Cena. Most of all, God bless John Cena. <laughs> Here we are, episode 109 of the podcast. Finally, we can show our true colors. We are true Christians. Uh, we are. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> It's just, it feels good to get this out. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, know if I should cry or laugh. Well, Brian, Brian, right now, Brian's just crying like tears of joy. Like, Brian, you can like yeah. wipe, like, dab your face, man. Like, yeah. it's just like continuous, and you hit like your hands over your heart. Yeah. And you're just crying like these tears of joy, like you're finally free. It's it's pride, uh-huh. uh, patriotism, uh-huh. and peace. Oh, wow, the three Ps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my finally. Pri- my pride for the Lord, uh-huh. my patriotism for the U.S. For, of A. Uh-huh. And, and peace of mind. <laughs> and peace on earth. <laughs> Oh, uh, episode 109. Uh, we did it. Finally. Okay. First part, Christian, Christian podcast. Got it. Got it. Kurt Angle's got his three eyes. Uh, I got my three P's. Finally. And you can finally have, you can finally have I, them. Yes. I, and you guys can share them with us here at the go home show. We yeah. definitely are, are bringing these wonderful, wonderful ideas into your hearts uh-huh. and minds. Hey, you know, uh, as Christian, Justin Timberlake would say, I'm bringing Jesus back. <laughs> it's gonna be God. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm back to liking this podcast again uh guys guys we're here with another episode when you do about 110 of these uh some of them are good and some of them are whatever this is i don't know uh welcome we have uh what a fun week uh that we have going on uh i will be at e3 so this is being recorded uh in an undisclosed location and an undisclosed date so, uh, you're getting this. We're going to be reviewing Lucha Underground and NXT, yep. but no Raw. No. Ooh. It's going to be... Ooh. Ooh. There you go. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> We're ghosts. Yep. Yep. But you think it's ghosts, but really it's just the Holy Spirit. Yep. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost from within us. <laughs> This is the number one Christian professional wrestling podcast. Jim Cornette, we took up the mantle. You're welcome. Uh, Brian, how's your week of professional wrestling been? My week of professional wrestling, uh, when it's two out of three of the shows that we have to cover, and it's the two out of three that couldn't be better than any of the other parts, right. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Because not only did we have a NXT TakeOver this week, right. we also had probably the best Lucha Underground in a while, and that's saying a lot, because they've been really good. It's really funny, because Lucha Underground is always so good, but, like, man, this one was really good, right? Like, this was, like, yeah. really, like, and not in a way where you're like, wow, what an incredible pro wrestling show. It was just so much fun to watch. Yeah. I genuinely had such a good 
time watching it. Me too. Like, f- for something that is, you know, pretty f- silly mm-hmm. at times, when they when all the pieces fall together and you have matches that you didn't even know you wanted, mm-hmm. like a nunchuck match. Nun- a nunchuck match. What, what did I say? Numchuck. Numchuck? Yeah. And it's nunchuck. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said numchuck. It's nunchuck. Okay, numchuck. <laughs> nunchuck. Nunchuck okay, match. Wait, say it again for me. Nunchuck. Numchuck. Nunchuck. Numchuck. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> well, I could be like Matt Stryker and call them nunchuck sticks. Ooh, nunchuck sticks. What a fucking loser. What a what a goddamn dork! But what I love about Lucha Underground is that it doesn't take itself so seriously that my, Matt Stryker won't say nunchaku sticks. Yep, they reference. We'll get to this when we actually review the the show and everything. But Matt Stryker was making references to anyone in popular culture who had ever used nunchucks, <laughs> like Bruce Lee, Michelangelo, it, Michael, Moon Knight. It was so fucking goofy. It was just like, what are you doing, dude? He's, uh, he's giving people their, uh, he's putting them over. And he's like, oh, they're doing it Shaolin style. Shouts out to the Wu-Tang Clan. It's like, shut the, f- shut the fuck up. <laughs> Method Man's not watching this going, oh shit. <laughs> we finally get our day in the sun. Oh, finally. The Wu-Tang was worth it. Oh, man. Oh, uh, fuck. Nothing else going on in your professional wrestling week? Uh, no, no. I, you know what? I, uh, I, I guess we can bring this up, um, during the recording of this podcast, it has been uh, one year since... Yeah, it's uh, been one year. Since Dusty Rhodes died. Since Dusty Rhodes... Oh, well, I take back my singing. <laughs> That's why I had to get it out there fast. I knew, I knew you'd take it back the moment you knew why I was going for <laughs> well, it. here we are. Rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. Which, I, man, it feels like it was just yesterday. Yep, yep. And uh, sucks, sucks that he's gone. So it's good that his boys are on TV and doing something with their wrestling careers. Well, Co- Cody's not on TV. Cody left. Well, one of them's on TV. Cody's, then- Cody's going to wrestle everywhere, and he's going to be at Bola. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that he's going to be at uh, Evolve, and he's going to wrestle Johnny Gargano? I did. Did you hear that he's also uh, showing up at, like, it's like ALX or something, XLW, something like that? No. And he's wrestling Tommaso Ciampa? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did see that. I think I saw Tommaso Ciampa t- uh, tweet out about that. It's like, oh, cool. I think somebody tweeted, maybe he's good in these showings. He'll get picked up by NXT. <laughs> uh, I wonder if he was offered to go down to NXT. I don't think. Why would you want to? I wouldn't want to. Yeah, I mean, if if what they're really doing is gonna be a, if I should say it this way, if. NXT TakeOver The End is going to be a snapshot of how they're going to run the shows, which it's not, then that would be cool if he uh-huh. was there. But I have a feeling that NXT is going to continue as it was and this was all just pageantry. You realize it's two months until we get another TakeOver, right? Yes. August. It's going to be a long two months. It is. Well, you... weekly NXT TV is like, it is not, I don't want to say not what it used to be. But, like, it's not fun. Mm-mm. Is the Cruiserweight Classic The end of this month. Okay. Ooh, I don't know. Okay. I don't think it'll live on NXT. Okay. I think it'll be its own... I think it's so. I think it's gonna be its own thing, but at the same time, I, I haven't heard one way or the other about if, if it is or not. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not, I'm not sure, but... I mean, all you can do is kind of keep your eyes out or whatever, because, I mean, whatever it's gonna be is gonna be awesome. Yeah. The, the Cruiserweight Classic is gonna be really, really cool. So, um... 
it's cool that the WWE, with having the network, is not... They're not being too conservative about it. They're mm-hmm. willing to take a risk and have non-contracted people wrestle. Right. In this, in this like, world where everybody can see them, but they don't have to be WWE-affiliated or just, related or anything. It's just extended tryouts. Like, sure. You just, you put all the people that you think you might want under one roof. You see how they are in front of the camera. You see how they are backstage. And then you go, okay, well, we're going to offer these six guys contracts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I like anything. I love a tournament-style thing mm-hmm. for wrestling, which I think is really underdone. Um, and I love cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. And I think the independents are red hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I mean, I think everyone's goal or everyone's dream is to be in WWE. So Yeah. And I think it's cool that with this, not only are we getting potential prospects into the WWE, mm-hmm. but the byproduct of it is you're going to see great matches. Oh, I, I, yeah. It's going to be really awesome. And and that, to me, is the is the best part. Yep. Is I'm going to get good wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in WWE production style, which... I mean, when was the last time we had solid good wrestling like that in the WWE? <laughs> and it's it's going to be something that's going to, like, it's almost like their version of, um, of, uh, Jesus Christ, of, what does uh, Carl Anderson have tattooed on himself? G1 Finals. Nice. There we go. Got got to it fast enough. Obviously not important enough to me. I'll just tattoo my kids' birthdays on there. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think that you're going to see a lot of people that you haven't seen before, but mm-hmm. I think it's also going to be a place where... WWE's own talent can shine. I think you're going to have some crazy upsets here yeah. and there, but um, hopefully everyone's well enough to like really go in yeah. it. Um, I think it's going to be a time for Rich Swan to really shine. Yeah. Rich Swan is going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Biff Busick, former Biff Busick, then Chris Gethard. Gethard? No, no. Chris Gethard is a host of a, of a TV show. Chris something. I don't remember what his name was. Let's see. Uh, no, it doesn't matter at this point because he changed it again. Oh, what is it now? Oni Lorkin. Nice. That name is scary. <laughs> Oni Lorkin. Yep. What? Unless it's Oni, it's spelled O N E Y, but it's got to be Oni. Yeah. Right? Unless it's Oni Lorkin. Oh, beware the Oni Lorkin. Um, but he changed his name again, and <laughs> from what I heard at the next tapings, he he does. Uh, I don't know if it's this week on NXT or. Or next week, uh, he will be making his debut. Oh, so um, wow. very excited to see that. Uh, Slammiversary is a TNA pay-per-view oh, yeah. thing that's coming up. Uh, EC3 will be taking on uh, the Miracle Michael Bennett with Maria in his corner. And then also Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Oh, can we watch the uh, promo? Brother the- Nero! Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my um, god. Yeah, if you guys, I mean, you're on the internet. And you're wrestling fans on the internet, so uh, and and I know that other people outside of it have seen it too. You're you're a wrestling fan on the internet. You've seen the Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, like insane like, warehouse promo. Yeah, yeah. That you know how I know other people have seen it who aren't wrestling fans. Sean asked me after the podcast, "Hey, have you seen this weird promo?" <laughs> <laughs> I had to describe it to Derek, and he just went. I didn't even know they still wrestled. Yes, yeah, sadly they both wrestle. They yeah. Hey, it's working though because it got it's getting us to talk about Slammiversary and it gets it gets people talking about it, man. Yeah, that's that's Good what for I was going to say. Hey, TNA it's still around and apparently it got bought by somebody. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. So TNA uh, has maybe some financial cash infusion coming in, which I'm fine. With. I don't want to see them go under. I, I just I, want them to be run better. I I don't get where. People misconstrue the talking shit on TNA to wanting them to fail. I talk shit on TNA, and I'm not saying to me personally, I mean mm-hmm. in general. I, you see this happen with like Meltzer and, and everyone who just like, 
who's just going, what the fuck is going on with TNA? Everyone's like, well, what do you want? You just want to see him go out of business? No, why would I want there to be less wrestling mm-hmm. on TV? It's not like it gets replaced by another show. No. It's not like TNA goes under and it's like, ah, now it's time for somebody else to step up. If TNA goes under, a lot of people are out of jobs and a lot of faces are off TV yeah. that aren't going to be on TV anywhere else. Yeah. I think I think the mentalities is one less thing to worry about. I guess. It's just like TNA is just so goofy. Yeah. But it's because it tries to be WWE and it can't. So it doesn't, it just, it's not good. Mm -hmm. But when it tries to do its own thing, that Matt and Jeff Hardy thing was so fucking absurd. And look what happened. Yeah. People talking about it. I don't know. The main event is uh, for the, for the TNA championship, uh, Drew Galloway. Oh, cool. uh, Against Bobby Lashley. (laughs) There you go. I mean, we try, we try not to to bury these guys and then it's just a WWE main event. Hey, Hey, when you hear Drew Galloway, it's like, oh, sick. And then when you hear Bobby Lashley, it's just like, it's just 2006 WWE. Like, I can't think of a wrestler that I give like less of a fuck about than Bobby Lashley. I like, yeah, I did. I never liked that guy when he's in WWE. Mm-hmm. I, he he had a WrestleMania moment with Donald Trump. Anyway, consider that. Wow. Yeah. Right. So but- Slammiversary. If people are watching it, send us a report. Let us know if it's any good. I bet it's good. I bet it's fun. I'm sure there'll be good matches in it. Yep. Uh, Their production values really stepped up. Too bad it's been eclipsed by NXT. Yeah. Jesus Christ. NXT's production value is, like, incredible right now. Yes, it is. It's so fucking on point. And even ROH is looking really good. Mm -hmm. Like, man, that's awesome. Uh, In other WWE or wrestling-related news, Hulk Hogan, who refused to lay down for Bret Hart, has also refused to lay down for Gawker as they fired for Chapter chapter 11 bankruptcy. Oh, my God. (laughs) I didn't know it went that far. Hulk still... Rules. What are you what you gonna do, brother, when these hundred and forty million dollar pythons run wild on you? Hokomania run wild on fucking Gawker. Gawker had to file for chapter eleven bankruptcy. Oh. They are apparently going up for auction and they're gonna auction they're gonna auction everything off. Uh, Steven Totillo on Kotaku wrote, What does this mean for Kotaku? And then he said, Nothing. We are still gonna remain and we're gonna be okay. I don't want to say I pray that that's wrong because I don't want honest people to lose jobs. Because we know but, people who work there but, and they're but, nice. But also, if Kotaku went away... Next up, Polygon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. With E3 here and everything? <laughs> fuck. That would be insane. Oh, if in God. the middle of E3, Kotaku shut down... Wow. It's not going to happen. Like, the auction's going to take forever. Yeah. Kotaku's going to be around for a long time, but... As long as Mike Fahey doesn't eat any more fucking Dorito flavored Oreos in the like, God, I fucking hate that guy. He does snack taco. Oh god. And it's just it's just like a disgusting subhuman going like, hey, here's a video of me eating Oreos. And it's like, why is this on a video game publication? Put this on your personal YouTube channel and fuck off. Seriously, it's snack awful. taco. He wrote an article about how he doesn't like um there's like a new Sailor Moon because it's something that him and his wife bonded over when uh they first met or something like that. The original Sailor Moon? Yeah. How does that change the original <laughs> fucking all, Sailor that's, Moon? That's the best part. And it's not even like it's for him. I just hate him. Oh, I hate God. Mike Fahey. Uh I don't care if you're listening to this or not. I just don't like you. Uh Go go eat a fucking Doritos flavored Dorito and then let me know how it is. Oh, have you guys had Cool Ranch? Go fuck off. It's a fucking... You can buy it at the goddamn store and you put it on a video game website. You piece of shit. You garbage weekend editor. Uh. I hate you. You're everything wrong. When people say, here's what's wrong in the video game industry, just look at Mike Fahey and go, here, it's this. <laughs> Subhuman Nexus. Fuck. 
I just, like, he's everything. He is, like, the nexus of everything that I hate about, like, what you read about online video game shit. I'm glad Fuck. I don't read anything ah! about those. Anything Brian, now I'm all this way. Fuck. Good. The only, you know the only thing that can combat this? Yes. Uh, nunchaku sticks? Yes. Let's go right into nunchakus. Let's go into Lucha Underground. Yes. Brian, what's with all these fucking... Why are we doing this from the airport? We're doing this uh, from the living room, and I should probably close the screen door. No. The, the screen door's closed! Oh, It's damn. not keeping any of the plane noise out. Maybe the glass. <laughs> no, leave it open! No, okay. Uh, Lucha Underground. The opening of the uh, Lucha Underground is Black Lotus and Dario in Dario's office, and Black Lotus is like, hey, Dario, Dragon Azteca Jr. knows where you keep your monster brother. Uh, all of these backstage segments are, they walk the line for me of, I'm having a fun time with this, and also... Why am I watching this fucking soap opera? And it's it, the best. It's just so goofy. It's so, and I'm fine with it. It's just so goofy. Uh, she says Dragon Aztec is gonna kill Matanza, and then Dario Cueto says, "No, not on my not, watch. No, no, he's not. Not on my time. Damn it!" And then she says, "If I find out that you're lying to me about who killed my parents, you're gonna have to answer to the Black Lotus Triad." What? And then uh, Dario says, "I'm the only one who's telling you the truth, and to prove it, you're gonna have a match at Ultima Lucha Dos. Two. Uh That was cool. That we said at the same time, yep. so that way, if you speak Spanish, then that's the only part that you understood in this whole. Except when I said Dragon Azteca, yes, because you knew what that meant too. And Lucha, when you said Lucha Underground, <laughs> <laughs> and whatever Cueto means. Vamos! Uh, so at Ultima Lucha 2, it's going to be Black Lutus. Black Lutus. <laughs> Fuck you. Black- Shut up. Whoa. Shut up. Well, don't worry, because in the next segment, we have Kill Shit. So. <laughs> I forgot about Kill Shit. Fuck. Black Lutus and Kill Shit. Uh, it's going to be Black Lotus against Dragon Azteca Jr. at Ultima Lucha. And uh, he says that, uh, Dario says that she can't avenge her family and get Dragon Azteca's mask and so they can rest in peace, Undertaker burn in hell bitch. rest in peace bitch whatever happened to that whatever happened to ricky i don't know I added him on facebook yeah oh yeah oh i like this story a long a yeah. long time ago what happened then? well he added me uh-huh. because my ex-girlfriend added him on facebook uh-huh. and then he was commenting about how i looked like a dork and i just went sup ricky <laughs> How you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just saying, like, your hair back then didn't look too good, but you, you straightened all out now. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> I love... Ricky, where are you? Ricky Kaiser, I know you watch WWE. Ricky Kaiser, we know you're listening to this. If you want to write in your next uh, show report of any WWE <laughs> or any wrestling event that you see, we will absolutely read it or, on this podcast. Or just things that you see at the bus stop waiting for the bus. You know, anything you want to write to us, we'll definitely read on this show. So we got Marty the Moth Martinez and Kill Shit. Um, <laughs> Melissa is doing the ring announcement for Marty the Moth Martinez. She says from La Jolla, California, and instinctively me and, me and Brian both go, boo. Oh. And then, oh, I get the, the hometown heat thing. Get yeah. it? All right, cool. Uh, La Jolla is the rich part of San Diego. Like the very rich part of San Diego. San Diego is the rich part of San Diego, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, La Jolla is like, for people who who like... <clears throat> For people who make like medical money, yeah, 
and also like probably somehow screw other people out of their money to buy to build like their giant homes. It's it, and it's not just like the people who uh, who like have a shit ton of money by themselves and nobody knows about them. Uh-huh. It's the ones that have families and shitty little kids. Yes, and that's and that's why it sucks. Yep, because like Rancho Santa Fe, you don't hear about because nope. Oprah and George Clooney live there yep. and they just keep to themselves. Yep, La Jolla, little pieces of shit. Yep, fuck those beachfront fucks. Piece of go to Wind and Sea. It's not wind and sea. It's one w- word. Wind and sea. Fuckers. <laughs> uh, Marty the Moth Martinez interrupts Melissa's introduction and she goes, ew, and hands him the microphone and <laughs> runs away. Uh, Marty the Moth Martinez cuts the the longest, slowest promo about calling out Killshot. He hangs Killshot's uh, dog tags and then Killshot appears out of nowhere. They brawl on the outside and after about a full minute and a half, the ref finally counts them out. He, like, starts his count over, like, two or three times. He gets to, like, nine, and he's like, wait, hang on. I'll let you guys keep going. And then he does it again. And you know what the, you know what the worst part is? Mm. It's Justin from PWG. Oh, Justin. Justin. Uh, so with the brawl on the outside, they uh, get tossed into barricades. Marty uh, powerbombs Killshit into the barricade. Uh, and then tossed into the... Uh, Killshot tosses Marty into the table. So there's a big double count out. Uh, Marty is on the ground. Killshot is on the apron trying to get to his dog tags. And then, uh, Marty gets fucking booted in the face. The big penalty kick from Killshot. Yeah. And then, uh, Killshot grabs his dog tags. The crowd cheers. And then Marty out of nowhere comes in. German suplexes Killshot. And then takes the dog tags to the back and leaves. I like it. So we will continue this feud. It'll be fun. He hasn't explained why he wants the dog tags. I guess it's just like a weird trophy thing. Yeah, he's just a weird guy. The the commentary half explained it. They're like, oh, I guess, you know, like like serial killers, he wants a trophy from... It's like, I guess he didn't kill Killshot. No. He just wants his dog tags? Yeah, but I'm fine with it not being like overly explained. He's just fixated you know, on something. You know what it is? Being from La Jolla, he goes to Pacific Beach and he tries to take the dog tags off the Marines that go there. Yeah. But he can't do that, so he'll just take it from Killshot. Yeah, you know, it's, that makes a lot of sense. I like that one. Mar- Marty the Moth Martinez is has such a weird look and such a weird gimmick, and I like everything about him <laughs> except when he gets on the mic because then it's like I-, I think his character is just like oh kind of be weird and like it's what everyone thinks their Joker impression is, which is just like <laughs> oh say say something and then laugh like I'm crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, I like everything except that when he gets on, like, a microphone. Everything else is fine. I think he's really good. Yeah. I think I, he's fun to watch, at least. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's he's great in the ring. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy him. And I think when he doesn't have to talk, he pulls off the creepiness really, really well. Yeah. That, that... I like, mean, the crowd the crowd chants creepy bastard out. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, his facials are good. Mm-hmm. Like, he, his movement is good. It's just... Yeah, the his talking, I think, could be uh, a little bit more refined, but... Yep. That's, that's splitting hairs now. Yep. Uh, next we get, uh, Francisco Rodriguez himself, hashtag free Cisco. He's in the, uh, he's in lockup and, uh, Joey Ryan and Ricky Reyes and whatever, uh, cop person. Oh, Gar- uh, Lieutenant Garcia? I think? Yeah. Is yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. I mean, it's a good guess if it's, uh. They're all with him and, uh, they're like, yo, we want you to wear a wire. And he goes, no way. And then they go to leave and then he's like, hang on. <laughs> So he's going to wear a wire. And he says, what are you guys trying to get him for? And they start listing stuff. Here's some things about Dario Cueto you may not have known. Hey guys, he runs a wrestling promotion. Also, drug trafficking, human smuggling, murder. And 
He's the linchpin to the end of days. Yeah, he's hanging out with Schwarzenegger. Yo, what the fuck? He just, you know what? What you don't know is he owns the rights to the end of days movie. Oh, and uh-huh. and the cops want it uh-huh. because I'm pretty sure Schwarzenegger's a cop in that movie, and uh-huh. they want to reboot the sequel because you know it's LA. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure that movie's about a cop. The last time I watched that movie was uh, at Sean's wedding. <laughs> Right before the ceremony, we were all in the back in, like, this locker room at this, gol- at, like, a golf resort thing or whatever. All the groomsmen were in the back, and there's one TV, and it's just playing End of Days, and the movie's near the end, and Sean comes up to us, and he's all nervous and everything, and he's like, all right, guys, you re- you guys ready? You guys ready to go? Let's <laughs> let's do it. And then we all, everyone on the same page, dude, Sean, there's, like, five more minutes left in this movie. Dude, we're, like, almost there. Let's just finish End of Days, and... <laughs> He told us later, he's like, hey, really? I was so nervous when I like when it was like the time for the wedding and like the ceremony and everything. And you guys just going, no, hang on. We want to watch the end of days. Just put everything into perspective. <laughs> and it just made me go, okay, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Chose good groomsmen. Oh, man. Dude, the end of days is, oh, we got to see if he goes to hell. We need to see what happens. Because otherwise I'm not watching this movie. <laughs> Brian. Yes. It's time for the main event. Which is not really the main event, but it's the main event of my heart. Mm-hmm. PJ Black and Jack Evans against Drago and Aerostar in a nunchucks match. Yeah. And I wrote nunchucks match with a lot of question marks and then drew little nunchucks. Oh, you did? Yep. Uh, here are the rules of a nunchucks match. There are nunchucks. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they're, they're just kind of hung up in spots. Go get them. Use them. There's about four of them. Have fun. No disqualifications, no countouts, nunchucks are legal. So, the nunchucks are around. <laughs> um, Matt Stryker starts listing off all of the people who use nunchucks. Michelangelo, Moon Knight, uh, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, Bruce Lee, he just names a lot of people who use them. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty cool good trivia and then uh he references the wu-tang clan and then he makes more comic book references and it's like oh this is weird this is comic books it's it it was it was like the closest that you would get to like a marvel movie Mm -hmm. in a wrestling ring and hey i'm fine with it because what we got out of this match was so much fun aerostar does a triple jump corkscrew moonsault to the outside from the apron so he's on the apron he jumps up once hits the bottom rope jumps up twice hits the second rope jumps up a third time hits the top rope and then does a corkscrew moonsault i it was it was so impressive so fucking crazy uh drago and arrow star team up and hit a double suplex but it's a stall at the top and then they flip them they flip i think it was jack evans down into a double sto yeah fucking destroyed him yeah that Um, was fuck uh, it, I think Matt Morgan uses that finish, and he calls it, like, Carbon Footprint or something like that. Yeah, no. Great name. Great name. Yep. Uh, Jack Evans and PJ Black turn the tables, and they hit a double stomp Death Valley driver. <sighs> Looked fucking awesome. Man. And then Jack Evans does the, the Bubba Ray Devon spot, where he, like, shoves PJ Black. PJ, what? Nunchucks! And then they play air guitar for a second, and they've... They put in, in post... I'm so happy. It was goofy as shit. It was just like, hey guys, if there was any believability to this, fuck you. But the best part is, 
it didn't take me out of it so much where I just went, this is stupid and doesn't doesn't mean anything. All of the spots, everything that happened, everything that was going on, I was so into. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. No, in, not in at Lucha all. Like, things can have a weight and be, you know, you, you well, can... Well, there, there are serious matches yeah. with, with grave consequences and everything, and then also there are nunchuck matches. And they're, and they're not like a bad or like less entertaining nope. match. It's nope. just something different. We hadn't seen Drago, I think, in at least a month of TV. Yeah, it's been a little while. So, like, to have him come back was, was really exciting. You don't, like, sit there and feel like, oh, his, you know, his stock has gone down. You don't care about him anymore. You're yep. like, oh, shit, we haven't seen him in a while. What's he going to do now? Isn't that crazy? Because, you know, Ultima, Ultima Lucha Dos is coming up. That means I got to set up some feuds, got to get some good matches going. And if it was anything like last year, I'm excited. Yep. Uh, really, really excited. So Evans gets the nunchucks, and then he's chucking nuns all over the place. He's, he's hitting, he's hitting Drago in the belly, and then he's hitting Aerostar in the belly, and just hitting, he's, he's nunchucking and chucking nuns. He's, he's whipping them around and doing all sorts of nunchuck tricks. I don't know why nunchucks became a thing in Lucha Underground. I'm glad that they did. It's just like... It's like, yo, why'd you do this, though? <laughs> I think Drago had them. Yeah, he had them one time. And, then, and, that, and that was it. And then Jack Evans is like, he's the Dragon Slayer. I forgot at the beginning of this match, Melissa does the intros. Yeah. Intros PJ Black, but then she's about to intro Jack Evans. He grabs the microphone out of her hand and starts screaming into it about how he's the Dragon Slayer and he needs a proper introduction. So he introduces himself. He's great. Jack Evans is like, what a shining star on Lucha Underground. He's good. I, but I, I mean... That's a guy that we watched live when we went to PWG years and years and years and years ago. Yeah, man, he's he's just been around, doesn't get injured very often, like, and is really good in the ring. He's fun. He's a lot of fun. Crazy great style deal. that that is just yeah. He's great, and and I love that he's in this team of just like gringo dudes. Yeah, like Los what gringos? They're just dicks. That's what they should be called. Uh, so. Jack Evans using the nunchucks, Cowabunga, and then Drago starts using the nunchucks and starts using the nunchucks on PJ and on Jack Evans. And I just wrote in all capital letters, this rules. Yeah. This is so fun. Solid headshots with these nunchucks and they're just, impact sounds are so loud. Oh man. Um, Jack Evans and Aerostar fight their way around to other nunchucks. Uh, Jack Evans jumps from the barricade. They're up on like the second story. Yeah. There's fans up there. Jack Evans jumps from one barricade to the next barricade over all these fans onto Aerostar, and then they fight through. So they got nunchucks. They're fighting and fighting. Then they fight on the top of Dario Cueta's office. Jack Evans has Aerostar down. Drago and PJ Black are on the outside fighting down by the ring. Mm -hmm. Jack Evans turns around. He sees Aerostar is now up, and he has the nunchucks. And so Jack Evans gets scared, and he scrambles, but he can't get down. So he hangs off the side of the office. Jesus. He hangs off the side and like a movie. Yeah. Aerostar goes to swipe at Jack Evans' hands. The first, like his right hand first and Jack Evans hangs by one hand and then gets both hands up and then Aerostar swipes at the other hands with the nunchucks and Jack Evans drops the other hand and then he puts them both back up and now, and now Aerostar is going to get him and hit both the hands. But Jack Evans is too fast and too smart. So he lets go of the, he lets go of the office and falls on PJ Black on the outside. Aerostar seeing his opportunity <laughs> as PJ Black and Jack Evans both stand up. Mm, he just jumps off of Dario Cueto's office onto both men who are standing on the ground. Wow. Yo, what the fuck? I like, and it couldn't have been shot like, such, any better like, it, it was it was 
Absolutely perfect. It was you just watch him jump and hang yep. and then hit the guys. It was such a good shot. Yep. I loved it. Uh so Jack Evans and PJ Black are all fucked up now. PJ's on the outside. Jack Evans gets tossed to the inside. And guess who has the nunchucks? Drago. Uh-oh. Drago starts beating the fuck out of Jack Evans with these nunchucks, doing like Bruce Lee maneuvers with them, popping them in the face and the top of the head. Jack Evans is fucking reeled, fault like falls to the corner. Just gets green misted into the face, tossed it in the middle, and he gets locked in the dragon's lair pin. Like one, that pin. One, two, three, your winners, Aerostar and uh, Drago. I hope this leads to Aerostar, Drago, and Phoenix mm-hmm. against uh, PJ Black, Jack Evans, and Johnny Mundo for the Trios Championships. Be, I think that's where it's going, but we'll see. That'd be really cool. Man, a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, we'll see. Uh, and now it's time for the main event. The main event is announced as a six-on-six match. The winner of this match, not not the individual, but the winning team of this match, will be in a six-way contest next week. And the winner of that is the number one contender and will face uh, Matanza at Ultimate Lucha 2 for the Lucha Underground Championship. So here are the teams. Team 1, Mac, Havoc, Sexy Star, Puma, Rey Mysterio, and Tejano. Team 2, Ivelisse, Phoenix, King Cuerno, Taya, Johnny Mundo, and Chavo. Chavo comes down to the ring last. Pentagon Jr. comes out in a wheelchair and he says, Chavo, you're the one you're the only one who believed in me when I when I was trying to come back and thank you. And then he stands up and he says, And now I have to destroy you. So he beats up Chavo and breaks his arm. Dario Cueto comes out and he says, Okay, Pentagon's in this match since Chavo just caught a bad break yo fuck you <laughs> so pentagon has replaced chavo awesome let's go through these matchups sexy star and taya start the match they look great havoc and evil east go next because apparently they've just split ways and now they're against each other mm-hmm. uh pentagon and the mac go one-on-one they do these uh fucking overhand chest slaps oh, fucking god, god damn it uh, phoenix and the mac next and the phoenix gets knocked out with a pounce uh, Rey Mysterio and King Cuerno go next. I think they should be working a program together where King Cuerno wants Rey Mysterio's mask because he's like the ultimate luchador. Yeah. And and he's like the prized possession. I think that would be cool. That would be a really cool angle. Tejano and Cuerno, awesome. Tejano and Mundo, Mundo and Puma, and then bodies start getting tossed to the outside. Mm-hmm. Now we get dives all over the place. Arrow from the depths of hell, Sexy Star dives, Ivelisse dives, Mac and Pentagon do a big chop-off forearm spot in the middle of the ring. Mac dives to the outside. Puma dives. Uh, Phoenix does a double jump corkscrew springboard moonsault to the outside. Son of Havoc dives to the outside. Rey Mysterio goes to dive to the outside, but Johnny Mundo stops him. Mundo dives to the outside, but he gets stopped by Prince Puma. Mundo's in the second rope. He gets hit with a 619. Puma goes up for the 630. Rey Mysterio gets kicked into Puma. Uh, So Puma gets crushed on the top rope. Johnny Mundo goes up, hits the one-man Spanish fly on uh, Prince Puma, and his team gets the win, so next week we'll get Ivelisse versus Phoenix versus King Cuerno versus Taya versus Mundo versus Pentagon for the number one contendership for the Lucha Underground Championship. That's going to be a a fucking crazy match. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be all over the place. Yep. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be a blast. I I personally can't wait. Me neither. Uh, So now we get the post-credits Marvel thing where uh, you see Mil Muertes in his coffin in King Cuerno's trophy room. Katrina appears... Holds up the rock and says, rise. 
close up on the face with the torn mask that's all stitched together. No more taste lives. The man of a thousand deaths has another life. Yep. So sick. What did you think of Lucha Underground, Brian? Man, I I loved it. It's it's such a great show. I don't care when it gets goofy and silly because it's still entertaining. Yep. Um it it the content of it is never like too serious for its own good or too funny for its own good. Uh-huh. I think it's it skates that line really really well and this episode was was a clear example of that where you have a nunchucks match and then like one of the best spots with a flying crossbody off yep. of 15 foot office but it's funny because you can have that match it's exactly what you're saying you can have that match and then the next match can be an all-out like 12 man crazy dive fest Mm -hmm. but with like championship implications going into like the next week yeah and it's it's really cool man it's really cool if you're not watching lucha underground and you're listening to this i don't know why you're not watching lucha underground yeah I, i mean it's like like really it's it's 42 minutes long and it's so entertaining it like knocks your socks off every week it it's it's something where you have like, a roster that's probably, what, a fourth the size of the WWE main something roster? Like, something like that. And, I mean, and, you saw you saw pretty much all the roster on this show. Yeah. So so there it is. You see everybody on the show, but, like, at no point, or I should say at any given point, pick one of those pieces up and say they're in contention for the world title, uh, and, and you believe it. Yep. Like, anybody at any time could get that push, and, and I don't know if it's because they have a smaller roster or if they just book everybody well. Right. Or if it's a combination of both, but that's cool because to me that means anything can happen at any time. Match matchups can come up out of nowhere, like at the beginning of the season, Ivalice versus Mil Muertes, and you're like, "Dude, I'm, I want to see this." Hell yeah, it's awesome. So I, it continues to be the best show every week. Yep. Speaking of the best show, let's get into NXT Takeover. Jeez. A reminder of why we watch NXT to begin with. <laughs> Because, man, I've been really down on NXT the last few weeks, and I know it's just because their TV is booked to be, like, the way that it is. Yeah. It, it's just that, like, Lucha Underground feels like it matters every week, and, and NXT kind of doesn't now, um, which is fine. I mean, I get it. It's all built up to takeovers, which are so fucking incredible. Yeah. This takeover was uh, amazing. Yeah. It's the first one, I think, in uh, Full Sail all year. Yes. That's what we kept hearing. <clears throat> we get an intro to uh nxt and it talks about what nxt is where it came from where it's going and how this is the end okay it's very good package mm-hmm. i thought it was a very 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 good video package opening of the match is uh or the opening of the show is ty dillinger versus andrade cien almas ty dillinger comes out the camera work for him is incredible i love him he's wearing a vest with a giant neck thing, and on the back it oh, says yeah. "Perfect 10, and it's just it's incredible, and the crowd loves him so much, <laughs> so much. He looked like Sinistro. He did. He like he looked he looked ridiculous. It was perfect. <laughs> but I loved yep. it. Yep. Everyone looks. Everyone thought he looked great. Everyone loved him. The crowd went nuts for him. And then we get Andrade Cien Almas, who comes out in a white fedora with a feather. White tearaway pants and white suspenders. Yo, you look like shit, dog. It looks like Saudi Vega. Like he he looked he looked. There was a guy who was with Carlito uh-huh. when he first debuted. Oh yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He looked like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he looked uh, like fucking Zoot Suit Riot. Like I, he looked like shit. He looked like he was Cuba in the fifties. Yeah, he really did. 
Because his actual wrestling gear looked fucking awesome. Yeah. His hair looks good. Yeah. His gear looks good. It's just that his intro gear looked like shit. It's uh, it's a work in progress, I guess. That's true. Remember when Becky Lynch debuted? Not her actual debut, no. Oh, you don't? I, I you don't. Rem- re- you don't remember when uh, Irish music came out and, oh, and when she God. came out to Irish music and did like a jig and shit? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now, sorry, I have to remember it, but yes, I do. So we'll call it a work oh, in progress. My God, we'll, we'll let this one slide. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great chain wrestling to open this match. Ty Dillinger is so fucking smooth in the ring and is only helped by uh, Almas. Oh my god. Who, who is just so good. I, this was, this is like probably the weakest match of the night, obviously. But it was, a, I thought it was a fun opener. Yeah. And um, I want to see a lot more from Almas because I just felt like he walked in and kind of just did a... Uh, Okay, I'm just you. You just do your stuff, and then I'll just hit my spots, and everyone will go okay, yay, and that'll be it. Yeah, and that, that's really how it felt. Uh, uh, almost does a fake dive to the outside where he gets uh, like kind of caught in the middle ropes, and he does that. Uh, you know how like uh, 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 Tyler Breeze lays on the top rope, mm-hmm. all cocky or whatever. He essentially does that on the middle rope. Yeah, and he's looking like Naito when he does it. Yep, I love it. I love that kind of stuff. Shouts out Ingornables. Uh hell yeah. That's he's the guy who's Lasomro was like the the first uh Los Ingornable. And like that's what Naito is running right now. Los Ingornables uh de, oh. de Japon. Oh. Yep. What, so, what does that mean? Uh the oh, fuck. What does it mean? I looked it up once. I can hardly even say it in English. It's uh Los Ingor let's guys, let's look it up. Let's do it. It's a live look up on our podcast. Can I can I get a look it up, Eric? Look it up. Yep. Look it up, Eric. Look it up. Look it up, Eric. Look it up. Okay, I'm done. You can just loop that in me. Thank you. And post. Uh, it does not. A uh, Spanish for the ungovernables. They get, cannot. I, they cannot be. That's why I forgot. They I cannot be governed. I, I get it. It's like rebels. Or, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Sure. Uh. Tilt-a-whirl backbreaker by Almas. Uh, second rope moonsault. Where, the spot was so good. It's where he does a moonsault from the second rope, but Dillinger rolls out of the way, mm-hmm. but Almas lands on his feet and then just does a standing moonsault and hits the moonsault, and yeah. the crowd went nuts for that. I love stuff like that. I thought that was so good. Uh, Colt Cabana does something like that. He'll do a dive from uh-huh. the second rope, but like the person kind of like rolls out of the way, so he'll just jump forward uh-huh. off the second rope land on his feet and then jump again and do a splash it's it's great i like that uh corner handstand they do once in this match and uh the crowd is like oh hey all right that looked cool mm-hmm. the second time that uh Almas does the corner handstand ty dillinger super kicks his fucking face in you just see him let go of the ropes the way he was holding himself up and like crumple yeah Okay, I'm not saying he shouldn't have done this because it's a great spot, but if you're trying to get Almas over, it did the opposite because it made Ty Dillinger look like a fucking billion dollars. It made... The crowd went fucking bananas for Dillinger when he did that. Yeah. I I think it was... I think the purpose of this match was to give you, like, one freebie where I think both guys looked good. I think they're pushing Dillinger really soon. Yes. I think he's going to lose probably two more matches over like the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then he's getting a big push for like 
a redemption, you know, to be like a main guy, mm-hmm. you know, like a featured dude on NXT, he's going to get put and have like a match at uh, like the next takeover where yeah. he's like really comes out and like shows his own, like yeah. really looks good. I'd like to see a legit him versus Shinsuke Nakamura or uh, I think or it would, I would think it would be fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, in the corner, there's a handspring knees to Ty Dillinger's back. Ty Dillinger's kind of like crumpled over in the corner, and then these handspring knees just eat him up. And then a wheelbarrow bulldog, and then a corner running knees uh, by Almas, and that's his finish. Uh, I like that. That looked good. Oh, it looked really good. Um, who uses a move like that in King of Fighters? Doesn't somebody do like a running double knee? Doesn't Kula do it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You might be right. Uh, Sasha Banks uses a running double knee sometimes. Yeah, but she hasn't used it in a while. No, not, not in a while. You know what? She also hasn't been on, uh, on Raw in a while. Yeah, right. I feel like she's, she was on main event with Summer, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, about a week ago. Okay. Um, Revival versus American Alpha. Wow. Match of the night? Uh, yeah. I think it would have to be, right? The only other thing I could think of was Joe versus Balor, and... Which one did you like more? I don't like. I really don't know. Ooh, nice. I really don't know if I like Joe versus Balor was such a different type of match mm-hmm. uh, than what I was expecting from it. Mm-hmm. That's true. It was, and and it was such a different type of match than this match. Uh, I think you know what the moment of the night occurred for me in this segment, uh-huh. but it was after the match. Okay, so let's start the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gable head scissors, tagging to Jason Jordan, who comes in and just hits drop kicks all over the place. American Alpha's on the inside, Revival's on the outside. There's a standoff now. They go back in the ring, the standoff, and then it's a four-way, and they all brawl. And then uh, they do all these backflip throughs, and uh, like or a backdrop to a flip through American Alpha. They land on their feet, and then lock in a double ankle lock on the Revival, and the crowd goes, I thought they were going to burn the fucking house down on that move. The crowd went insane for that double submission spot. Yeah, because not only was it like not accept- uh, expected at uh-huh. all, but their timing on it to like do the roll through and get up and get the ankle lock yep. was like perfect. It, it was really really cool. So um, the beat down on uh, Dash Wilder for a while, and American Alpha's in control. Scott Dawson, and I saw some people complain online about this part about like why you know why did the ref call it like an illegal tag and all this stuff. So what happens is Dash Dash Wilder is inside. I just did what the announcers did all night for these guys. <laughs> they kept getting Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson's names mixed up over and over. The first time they did it was like a genuine mistake. The other times I think were mistakes too. But the first time they did it, they both paused for a second and then like kind of chuckled and then continued on because that's the knock on the guys. Yeah. Are you Dawson? Are, are you Dawson? Are you Dash? Yeah. Is the, the joke on those two guys. So I, I thought that was very funny, but... um it was definitely by accident. Totally by accident. Um, Dash Wilder's getting beat down. Scott Dawson is in his corner, mm-hmm. but a couple feet off. He's standing on the bottom rope, and he tags Dash Wilder. Mm-hmm. He's not holding the tag rope in the corner. Right. So what happens is he makes a tag. He tries to get in. The ref turns his back on what's happening in the ring and pushes Dawson out, saying it's not a real tag. It's not a legal tag. It's not a legal tag. And that's why. Mm-hmm. He was not holding the corner tag rope. That's what it's there for. But while the crowd is distracted, or while the crowd, while the ref is distracted, there's a rake to the eyes and a clothesline, and now all of a sudden Dash has turned it around, and the Revival are in control. Yep. They took out 
Gable, and now we got the heat on Gable. Awesome. Tease the hot tag, and no one teases the hot tag better than the Revival, who, I, I mean, you want to see it so bad from American Alpha. The, you want Jason Jordan in. You want Gable out of there. Just get Jason Jordan in. Yeah. They keep cutting off Chad Gable so hard. It's awesome. I think there were at least three of them, right? And, yeah. And it, yeah. The, the last one where it's a huge fucking spine buster to take out Chad Gable was awesome. Big fucking double A st- like spine buster. I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I just really, really enjoyed that. Uh, so there's a final, there's finally a rope arm bar to uh, get Dash and Dawson away. They block the hot tag and then they hit a diving elevated leg drop, which looked really, really good. Um, there's a hot tag finally to Jason Jordan who comes in doing drop kicks and suplexes. There's a sunset flip here by the revival that I bought 110%. Oh yeah. I thought that was the end of the match. I could not, I was like, oh fuck. There's a backslide roll through flip. So they land on their feet and then a German suplex and then a drop kick, uh, goes for like the German suplex lock. Dropkick allows Gable to get over on the German suplex for another near fall, which I bought 100%. Mm-hmm. They pulled J- uh, Jason Jordan off the apron to the steps. Uh, American Alpha does. Scott Dawson's on the inside with Chad Gable. He goes for the fake punch, that, that Arn Anderson fake punch goes for like the DDT, but Chad Gable's too close to the ropes, so Chad Gable grabs the ropes, drops uh, Scott Dawson down on his back, uh, locks in the ankle lock. And then there's a near fall out of that, and the crowd's red fucking hot. Yep. I thought this was really good. Uh, powerbomb double team by the uh, Revival gets reversed from that powerbomb position. Scott Dawson's going for a powerbomb like clothesline. He's caught. Chad Gable reverses it into a belly-to-belly, and there's a hot tag to Jason Jordan. This The end of the match is awesome. Mm-hmm. Scott Dawson's on the inside. He's about to get hit with Grand Amplitude, but it gets reversed as Jason Jordan gets knocked to the outside. No, I'm sorry. As Chad Gable gets knocked to the outside of the ring, Chad, uh, Jason Jordan gets all mixed up, turned around, and eats a shatter machine, and we have new champs. I remember telling Eric, because he asked me before we started watching, he's like, okay, so no titles change hands, right? And then I remember telling him, like, yeah. No, because it... Everybody is too strong right now. You can't have anybody lose the title. We were wrong. Yep. I really didn't think that. Oh, I had I had no I thought there's no way they were losing here. Not not at all. This was their first title defense since they won it. Yep. Which I was telling I was telling him after this I'm like th- this was perfect for them. They got the glory of having the titles for like 2 months. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to wrestle. They still looked strong. It had been a while since we'd seen them, so we're excited to see him again. And and holy shit. I just can't believe Jason Jordan took the clean pin yeah. in, like in the middle of the ring. Wow. Two-time NXT champs now. The first ever two-time champs. So American Alpha is devastated in the middle of the ring. The Revival goes to the back. And as everyone's giving the Amer- American Alpha a standing ovation because everyone knows they're getting called up very soon. Um Two fucking giant bruiser guys come out and just beat the shit out of American Alpha. They hit him with a sidewalk slam boot to the side of the head and then a Russian lo- uh, leg sweep clothesline. The crowd's going nuts. And then, from the back at the top of the ramp, is a figure dressed all in black. A bald older man. It's Paul fucking Elring. 
what the fuck is he doing here? And these two guys walk to the top and celebrate with Paul Elring as they've laid out American Alpha. And the crowd's chanting, who are you? And everyone online has been saying, well, they weren't chanting that at Paul Elring. They were chanting that at the big guys. No, they weren't. They were chanting that at Paul Elring. Okay. It's, o- it's okay that you didn't know. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. No one thinks, well, I, people think less of you, but it's fine. You didn't have to know who Paul Elring was. Just yeah. don't chant, who are you? Because then you look stupid. Yeah. You can not know. You can just boo. You don't have to chant, who are you? Then you look dumb. That's fine. Paul Elring, I could not, I stood up. I couldn't fucking believe it. I, I was pretty, I was pretty set about it. For those who don't know, Paul Elring is the manager or was the manager of the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, Hawk yeah. and Animal. He was like their third man. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Hey, he's not like the best manager of all time, but in that role, he has a reputation of big fucking badass tag teams. Mm-hmm. So very cool. These guys get something off of him and he gets to come and do some work. Which is which is going to be great. Yep, I I've always uh, liked that kind of manager where it's like the um, like the disciplinarian almost yep. like yep. like this guy manages a team as like almost like they're his agents and they're just doing his will. Yep, um, and not necessarily because these guys have to have any sort of like agenda themselves other than they want to be the champs. Yep. and they they want to be the best. Yep. So whenever you have that kind of position and it's a heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I, I was immediately enamored with this character. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. So, so looking forward to see how they run this yep. uh, character and how they end up running that uh, against, like, people like The Revival or whoever else yep. has. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. Asuka's in the back warming up, and then Bailey comes up and shakes her hand, and uh, Asuka's not really sure how to take it. Mm-mm. Okay. So now we get uh, Nakamura against Ares for the number one contendership. Uh, Ares comes out with his midsection taped, but no explanation as to why. Nakamura comes out, and the crowd's cha- uh, chanting and singing along with this theme song. I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, chain wrestling standoff to start. Uh, Austin Aries teases the last chancery to uh, at an early point, and then Aries does the taunt like Nakamura, where he kind of like stands in the middle of the ring and like the lean back, like "Come on!" Yeah. So I thought that was very cool. Uh, Nakamura locks in a cravat. Love cravats. Uh, does good vibrations in the corner two times, goes for a third one, but gets caught into a shin breaker, a dragon screw, and uh, it's looking stiff as fuck. Yep. Austin Aries and Shinsuke Nakamura know how to make a match look stiff without it, I think, actually being stiff. Do I think that it hurts? Yeah. Do I think they're actually kicking each other in the fucking head? No. No. So I think these guys have a knack for making this shit look really good. You forget, I think that you forget how good Austin Aries is. I think so too. I I think that he's a guy that, he gets glossed over. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. Yeah. He's really fun and he's incredible. And he's always personally been one of my favorite guys to watch in the ring. I agree. Um, But I think a lot of people forget how good that he can be. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who can carry a guy who's not so good. But when he's given a level of competition that is like up to him, he turns it up. He's like AJ. It's like AJ Styles. I and and you, I, I don't think that's overstating anything. I think that he's incredibly comparable to AJ Styles. Yeah, I think I think the difference between him is maybe he doesn't have the, um, not even like the the flair of AJ Styles or or of anybody else. I think he just it all looks so easy to him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Randy Orton. Yeah, it all looks so easy to him that you don't appreciate how difficult. One hundred percent. I think you're. Hey, that, that's an excellent analogy. Randy Orton puts on great three and a half four star matches because. 
he makes everything look super easy, and he's not the biggest risk taker with a lot of the stuff that he does. Mm. And you could probably say the same thing about Austin Aries, but like, goddamn, he's fun to watch. Oh yeah, I I, I will never get tired of watching an Austin Aries match, Mm-mm. and I would love to watch him wrestle someone like Randy Orton. That'd be a yep. lot of fun. Oh, speaking of uh, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode just debuted. Oh in, yeah, uh, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. He just debuted in NXT over at the Download Festival in England. So, Bobby Roode, NXT official, man. Dang. Pretty cool. Uh, Austin Aries focuses on Shinsuke's knee. Uh, he does the tope con hilo to the inside, but he gets knees to the back. Uh, Aries sl- starts slowing it down a lot. Gets the heat on Nakamura. And Nakamura does so well. Nakamura does so well selling for someone, mm-hmm. but Austin Aries does a good job of get, slowing the match down and oh, getting yeah. the heat on someone without it just being a nerve hold or a headlock. Like, he knows the right time to move on to the next thing, so you're still interested, but you want the other guy to get his offense in. Yep. So it, he does a good job of slowing it down, but not to the point where you're disinterested. Yes. Uh, where I, I think a lot of people lack that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, everybody just goes for a headlock until everybody starts clapping, and then that's it. Uh, there was a point where Austin Aries just has, like, the headlock in or whatever, or he has, like, some kind of, like, uh, armbar, mm-hmm. and uh, the crowd starts clapping, and he doesn't even allow Nakamura to move and, like, start making a comeback at all. It's yeah. like, oh, it's not that easy. Yeah. No, well, I'm not giving you I'm not giving you the first one. you got to work for it, and I love that. I, I don't think I've seen that in, like, years. It's been a long time. So that's I thought that some, was very cool. That's something I feel like I used to see a lot <clears throat> mm-hmm. on like Monday Night Raw in 1998. Yep. Don't see that a lot now. <laughs> There's an enziguri uh, by Nakamura. He starts rallying with a bunch of kicks and corner knees and then does the running corner knee lift. Uh, Austin Aries locks in a front chancery and starts doing uh, like pride style knees to the head. Yeah. Like just fucking kneeing the shit out of him. Awesome. Elbows to the collarbone, like big like rolling elbow to the collarbone. Look like it fucking knocked Nakamura loopy. And then heat-seeking missile to the outside. Looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Looked fucking great. Armbar to uh, triangle from out of nowhere by Nakamura. But uh, Aries gets to the ropes. Knees to Aries' head by Nakamura. Then a big gourd buster. Goes for the Kinshasa, but it gets reversed into the Shinbreaker backdrop in the last chancery. Uh, so the crowd's now getting behind, super behind Nakamura because they want to see him escape from this hold. He makes it to the ropes. Austin Aries hits a middle rope hurricanrana, then a uh, corner drop kick and a 450, but he misses. The corner knees by uh, Nakamura gets stopped, and Aries goes up and over to the apron and boxes the ears of Nakamura. Big apron elbows, a bunch of kicks and enziguri, and then an apron Death Valley driver to Nakamura by Austin Aries. Why are you doing? Jesus Christ, Jesus. you guys! Uh, heat seeking missile to the outside, but Aries misses and hits the barricade. Back inside the ring, uh, Nakamura goes for the second rope jumping knee and then hits a reversed exploder suplex in Kinshasa. Uh, anything else from that match? Uh, I mean, in terms of spots, you like this match had both really good, like big spots, mm-hmm. but they also had some like really really good wrestling. And yep. I, and I feel like maybe that's a lot. Of, a lot of times that gets glossed over. Yep. But uh, I I really enjoyed just the psychology behind this match. I agree. I think this is uh, this is a match that will end up not being noticed on this card because of, you know, the tag match and the cage match. But, like, if you want to see a solid, good match 
like excellent wrestling match, mm-hmm. but that can also have big spots. I think this is one of the ones that you should show people. It's a fu- it's a fun to. match. It's a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, because th- there's not much of a story behind it besides we want to be the number one contender. That's it, and that's all it needed to be, yep. and that's great. Oscar and Nia Jax is next. Oscar uh, using lots of speed. Nia Jax tosses Oscar uh, around when she finally catches her. Oscar locks in an octopus stretch, but gets tossed off and needs a backbreaker. There's a uh, guillotine to a deadlift stall suplex uh, by. Nia Jax, I thought that was cool. Triangle choke uh, by Asuka, but she gets tossed into the corner. And then Nia Jax does the Usos corner butt butt. Uh, Nia Jax stretches Asuka across the post on the outside and locks in a bear hug. Uh, That stretch was crazy. Yep. Asuka clamors up and rolls through and then locks in a knee bar out of nowhere. Spinebuster to Asuka by Nia Jax in a leg drop that misses. Asuka hits a shining wizard. Oscar <clears throat> is now rallying after having the heat on her for quite a while. Hits a drop kick, a bunch of backhands, a butt butt, and uh, goes for I think a running like her Karana, but gets caught and just eats a fucking huge snap power bomb. Yeah, killed her with that snap power bomb. Look great. There's an arm bar <clears throat> by Oscar. Then Oscar can't lock it in. Goes for the Oscar lock. Gets tossed off. Huge fucking kicks to Nia Jax. Starts knocking her loopy. Till she's finally down on one knee. And then I thought the shot of close up on Nia Jack's face where she's like loopy and then kind of catches herself and looks up at Asuka right in the eyes and just roars. Yeah. Until Asuka comes back and hits a gigantic penalty kick, knocks out Nia Jax, mm-hmm. and Asuka wins one, two, three. Awesome match where it was short. Asuka carried Nia to a great match. Mm-hmm. Nia looked really good the whole time. Asuka looked fucking great the whole time. Awesome match. I thought this was a lot of fun. If yeah. you complained about this match, I would love to know why. Email us, gomshow at mega64.com, yeah, because I want to know. Please do. <clears throat> thought it was great. great. I, th- I mean, I was very impressed. This wasn't a match that I thought was going to be bad, but I didn't think it was going to be great. Yep. And uh, I uh, thought... It, yeah, I had low expectations uh, and high hopes, and it exceeded both of mm-hmm. my thinkings. It was really incredible. I really, really... Incredible is the wrong word, but it, I really, really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A very, um, very fun match. Next, we get William Regal backstage. He's talking up TakeOver. Oh, isn't TakeOver great? And then Bobby Roode walks by with, like, a cup of coffee and just walks into Regal's office in the middle of this interview. And Regal just goes, uh, excuse me, and walks off. Awesome. <clears throat> I liked it. Uh, Balor and Joe in a seal cage. <laughs> Balor comes out, does his introductions. The camera work here is fucking phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. so good. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out. Awesome. The shot for the lights going out and the two facing off in the cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome for introductions. All of a sudden, one guy in the middle of the introductions just yells, Boring! <laughs> you get fucked. <laughs> it was so funny, though. This is so fucking stupid. I I love Balor's pageantry, and I love that he goes into this demon place and yep. does all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about how he needs to lose the uh, Garrett dreads. Cause that, it, the hat? Yeah. yeah. It, it looks goofy. Yep. There are shots of him, like, peering up from the ramp up through the grate. And yep. then him cr- crawling up the uh, the side of the fence. And he just looked like one of those, like, enemies in Super Mario World. Yeah, it looked goofy as shit. It, like, hit B to knock him through the grate. <laughs> That's all I could think. He just looked like one of those enemies. It was really funny. It was goofy. He looks goofy with that hat, though. Especially when he, like, jumped up in oh, his yeah. entrance to the cage. And he's, and and he's holding light. on like that, and he looks like he's scrambling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Joe immediately just tries to walk out of the cage when the match starts. I thought that was funny. Awesome. Balor catches him, hits all these corner chops. Enziguri to uh, Joe, who's on the top rope. Joe hits the face wash to Balor in the corner. Uh, both try for the door. 
Big German suplex. Both climb to the top. Joe hits an enziguri. Or uh, Joe gets enziguried. I like this. I mm. think this is that spot. Oh, no, no. Joe hits an enziguri. They both go down. Mm-hmm. So they both go off the uh, the top rope because uh, they were both going for the outside of the cage. <clears throat> now we get running chops again. There's a miss. And Joe's on the apron on the outside uh, in between the ropes and the cage. And he locks in the Coquita clutch on uh, Finn Balor. Balor fights out of it and hits uh, running drop kicks. Balor is now using Joe to climb to the outside. <laughs> I thought that cool was great. Spot. That was really cool. Um, Joe is trying to grab and grab and grab at Finn Balor. So he grabs Finn Balor while he's still on the outside. Again, in between the ropes and the cage. Finn turns and hits him with a big like penalty kick. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Knocks Joe Loopy. Joe's kind of staggering around on that apron part. And then kind of bumps against the cage and then bumps forward into the ropes. Balor's still on the top rope trying to climb out of the cage. He's not on the cage. He's just on the rope. And Balor gets crotched. Yep. I thought that was such a cool spot to both to get to like a double down. Yeah. Where it's just like, this might be it. Oh, never mind. He just like in taking out Joe, he took himself out. Yep. I thought that was so cool. I thought that was such a great spot. Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, So there's a double down. Joe to the corner. Now Finn is running at Joe and uh, hits the gets hit with the corner STO. Muscle Buster gets rolled through. Uh, there's a Pele. Oh, big right hands by uh, Joe. Turn Balor around. Hits the Pele kick. Uh, there's a sling blade off the top. And then uh, running sling blades, a missed drop kick, a muscle buster, but a kick out by Finn Balor. And then uh, going for the razor's edge uh, to the... Joe picks up Balor in the razor's edge. Throws him into the apron or into the uh, cage. Joe goes to uh, Joe goes to escape. Turns around, eats sling blades, and then corner drop kicks and a coup de gras off the top rope. But there's a kick out by Joe, so Finn Balor doesn't go to. I like that he hit his finish off the top rope, but not off the top of the cage because yeah. he would have broken his fucking ankles. Jesus. So he hits the coup de gras, and then he's like, "No, I have like there's more. I have to do what is it? 1916 Bloody yeah. Sunday. So he goes for Bloody Sunday, but it gets reversed into the Coquita clutch." Gets rolled through and a big stomp on Samoa Joe. They both fight to the top of the cage and then a turning muscle buster from the second rope. Ridiculous. Kills Finn Balor and Samoa Joe retains and is your NXT heavyweight champion. Brian, what did you think of NXT TakeOver? One of the best wrestling matches. We say that this TakeOver is like one of the best TakeOvers ever. Every takeover is so good. Yeah. This is this was awesome. Yeah. And a lot of fun. And so, so, so good. This gave me the same, uh, it, like, feeling inside that I had the uh, after the last one before this, uh, NXT TakeOver, where was that one? Uh, London? Was it? Was it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, WrestleMania? Was that it? The last one was WrestleMania. Holy shit. The one wow. before that was London. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that the one with Sami Zayn versus Nakamura in it? That was the one in uh, WrestleMania. Okay, that those two afterward, all I wanted to do was just hit like replay. Yeah, yeah, and and this and this had me feeling the same way. I like awesome. It re- it just reminds you that like yeah, there might be like some drudgery in the weekly NXT stuff, but remember that it's all leading to Takeover and Takeover's fucking rule. Yeah, because th- everybody turns it up. This this is how it should be in terms of uh, special events. I, they should always have this kind of like just heavy feeling, very dire situations for these uh, competitors. 
and just like a really fun feel to the whole event. I like front really to back. Stuff. And one of the things I think uh, I, I wanted to mention about this uh, this takeover that I don't think we saw in any other before it. Very small thing that I noticed is the referees uh-huh. were a lot more like an officiating position mm-hmm. in the match rather than just counting, you know, whatever one, two, three, four, fives on rest holds and choke holds and, and stuff like that. Like it really felt like they were trying to keep order in a match and keep the fight fair. Yeah, which I think is a big deal if you're want to painting if you want to paint faces and heels because. It helps you know who is there to fight with honor and who's going to win by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And when you have a heel that's going to win by any means necessary, you don't know what he's capable yep. of. Yep, yep. Whereas when you have a face who's like maybe shackled and then they finally get that no-holds-barred match, yep. then you get like the Texas Rattlesnake going off on The Undertaker and what you would normally not get of Stone Cold being able to beat him, mm-hmm. you now have that advantage that he didn't have before. That's a good point. That's a, that's an excellent point. And excellent commentary good good analysis by brian that's your scoop that that's brian scoop. that brian is good analysis I, I pay attention brian pays attention way to go brian yep congratulations ladies hit me up I, I'll, I'll listen <laughs> well that'll do it for episode one nine of the go home show it's in the books uh thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week hopefully a regular time and everything but if you want to get a hold of us you can mm-hmm. uh hit us up Go home show at mega64.com. Find us on Twitter at go home show, go home show.tumblr.com, facebook.com slash the go home show. And you can watch the video version of this episode, even though it's not going to be real video because we didn't take actual video here. It's just going to be an audio version. Uh, but you can see that every week at youtube.com slash Eric Bedour. Catch up on all the past episodes, all the previous episodes, uh, until we end this thing probably in about a month. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes for like the next five weeks. And, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, episode 109 of the Go Home Show. It's in the books. Is there anything you want to say to these folks, uh, before we take off here today? Yeah. I'm, I'm already at my house, so I don't have to go home. <laughs>